Hello and welcome to episode 27 of Prosperity by the Pint. I'm your host, Bryce Carter, certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant, and certified investment management analyst. Not to mention, I'm a self-proclaimed millennial money expert. This is a podcast where we talk about money, business, investing, and life success, all while having a cold beer. This week's beer of choice once again comes to us from Shorts Brewery. I had a Shorts Brew last week. It is the Liberator, and it is a W, uh, not a W, but it's a double India Pale Ale IPA with lemon and orange zest. I'll tell you right now, one thing I don't like about it is it's got floaties in it. It's got like the yeast chunk floaties in it. I'm a big fan of nice, clean beer, clear beer, uh, so my liver doesn't have to work quite as hard, but I guess we'll give this a shot. All right, that's pretty tasty. It's good. I don't like it. It's not clear. But this is uh this is a really good beer. I would drink I would I, I would drink this. Not just drink it with food, but I'd drink it, drink it. Okay, so this week's episode, financial windfalls. Whether you've won the lottery or you've inherited some money, they can be a blessing and they can be a curse. So we've all seen the stories about lottery winners going bankrupt. Um, and, and we've thought, well, you know, they're so stupid. How can you do that? I can you win uh, hundreds of millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars, or even an extra cool million and end up bankrupt. But it turns out that lottery winners are much more likely to go bankrupt than the general population three to five years after winning the lottery. So I was looking at this. I'm like, there's got to be a, a you know a simple explanation for it. Maybe it's it's people that the people that win the lottery are uh, tend to be lower income, so therefore maybe they, they have less financial savvy than 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 the general population. What is it? But something like seventy percent of people that purchase lottery tickets make over fifty five thousand dollars a year, which means they're well above the poverty line. In fact, they're well above the median income in most states in America. So that can't be the case. So it's got to be mistakes related to this financial windfall. Now, there are studies that show that financial windfall, whether it's lottery winners or inheritance, are not any happier. Um, They don't don't have less stress. And so reality, um, when I say money is is the root of all evil and money doesn't solve your problems and money's not going to make you happier, I guess lottery winners that have gone bankrupt have really proven all those things true, right? So here's the thing is, The more common financial windfall is is an inheritance. Uh, Maybe your parents or grandparents pass away, and there's money left in their 401k or IRA, and and you inherit you know a a chunk of money, you know anywhere from maybe a couple thousand dollars to hundreds of thousands, or maybe in the millions. Uh, That's much more common than lottery winning. But I think most of the same principles that you want to follow in order to not end up uh, making the same mistakes that others have. Are the same whether it's whether it's an inheritance or whether it's it's the lottery. It doesn't matter. You want to follow the same financial principles. So I'm going to give you some steps I think will help if you're inheriting money. If you've won the lottery, if you won the Mega Ball, give me a call. I can give you much much more detailed advice on this. Um, the Powerball, you, you drop one of those Mega Millions any state. I'll, I'll, I'll we'll, we can we can have a conversation. But here's my here's my advice. The first thing you want to do whether it's an inheritance or lottery, is keep it confidential if at all possible. Now, in some states where we're talking about lottery, you're not allowed to. But even in those scenarios, there's there's backdoor ways of doing it. 
Um, I, I've, uh, I don't personally have any clients that have done it, but there are uh, individuals that have won the lottery that have created a trust and had the ter- their attorney that's representing the trust go and claim the, the lottery ticket for them. I've had, uh, I, I, there's been many times where people have dressed up in costume. They don't have to give their names, but they have to go to the photo shoot. So you have somebody going in with a ridiculous beard and hat and goggles and stuff to, you know, to the photo shoot where they get the big check in order to re- remain confidential. With an inheritance, there's no public information really available about that other than wills. In uh, most investment accounts can have a direct beneficiary that circumvents the probate process. So you should be able to maintain, maintain confidentiality there. But if at all possible, go to whatever needs you need to, to maintain confidentiality, because people will come out of the woodwork, particularly with lottery winners, uh, family and friends and, and people that are, you know, aren't really family and aren't really friends uh, asking for money. It's amazing how many needs for money come up once you are the one sitting there uh, with, with a pile of it. So keep it confidential if at all possible. That's just going to avoid external pressures on your funds. A blackout period where you're not spending anything. You hear about the lottery winners that that win the lottery, they quit their job, and they're already spending money day one. Don't do that. Keep your normal life uh, for a period of time, Um, especially if we're talking about a really large inheritance or large lottery winnings. The only thing I would say is pay off some toxic debt if you have it. High-interest student loan debt, high-interest vehicle debt. Uh, high interest credit card debt, of course, pay off those debts, but just take a breather, whether it's uh, three months or six months, just take some time and figure out some of your goals and priorities before you start splurging and going and getting that that $80,000 Corvette you've always wanted or whatever it might be. So just take a, take a step back, take a breather. Write down some rules and goals. Rules and goals are two different things. So goal would be if for example, and I want you to think about this if we're talking large dollar amounts. Goal is if you were to pass away immediately after you you inherit some money or, or win the lottery, what would you want to happen to that money? How would you want to see it get used? And really think about that for a few. So if, if you don't want to see your kids get it all and blow it themselves, then don't get it all and blow it yourself, right? Set it up to last. And so sit down and think about your goals. Now, what else do you want to do? Do you want to give charitably? That's fantastic. If you want to give charitably, do it. But set some ground rules for yourself so that way every time a need that pulls at your heartstring comes up, you're not not stroking a check and then ending up giving away if that wasn't your goal. If it wasn't your goal to give everything away, then set some rules for yourself to protect yourself from giving it all away. All right? Now, if... You also want to set some rules on spending. You know, what is an acceptable amount for you to spend on a house or a car, right? Most people say that they would never buy a new car. New cars are just too expensive. Then why would you change that rule just based on having extra money in your pocket? There's nothing wrong with buying used, even if you're worth millions. There's nothing wrong with it at all. So set some rules for yourself. If you are perfectly happy in a 2,000-square-foot, three-bedroom, two-bathroom house, why do you need to sell it and buy a 10,000-square-foot place on the lake or on a coast? You don't. You don't. So set some rules for yourself to set yourself up for success here. And except this is the toughest thing, particularly with lottery winners. I need a beer break after that. Is set up some rules for your family. If if they know or if they don't, if somebody needs help, what is your rule going to be on that? Because that's where we see mistakes 
uh, and you hear about it, is people just bleed them dry. Whether it's them getting hosed by uh, bad advice or family taking over the, the, the management of certain things, or whether it's just you know, downright theft or giving it away too quickly. You got to have some rules on your family policy with things, especially when we're talking about large quantities of money, because that's where problems really end up occurring. Now, investing rules. Now, this is this is something you could I could do an entire episode on. Is you went from zero wealth to massive wealth in a in a very short period of time. How do you invest? Well, let's put it in context. So uh, Warren Buffett, uh, CEO of Berkshire Hathaway, the the old guy that likes Coke, McDonald's, and ice cream. That's what he eats every single day. Uh, He's something like 89 years old, and he's the greatest investor of a generation, if not of all time. And when he passes away, his entire fortune and the many billions will be invested in an S&P 500 index fund. And it's just a low-cost, efficient way of buying the entire U.S. stock market. Because he doesn't believe that anybody's qualified enough to beat and time the market, and and so he's not going to pay for the fee, even once he's gone. So he feels he's the only one able to handle it now. When he passes away, he's just going to put it in an index fund. So my thought would be, is why then do you feel if you've, and he's accumulated billions of dollars over many decades of investing, why would we, or you, then feel if that's the way one of the smartest investors of all time feels, that you can go out and pick private equity companies, start restaurants, um, you know, build rental real estate developments when you have maybe no experience in any of those environments and do better than what the guru of Omaha says you, he's going to do, right? Like where, where do you get off on the notion that you can do that much better with the money? So keep it simple. Buy index funds, buy them diversified, Good old-fashioned asset allocation. You should probably have somebody working with you on that. But here's the thing is you, what you don't need to do is buy all damn bank CDs or uh, start investing in private equity ventures or start trying to build condo developments. You've already got the money. You just need to maintain it and maybe grow it, right? So the best way to do that is liquid things that are low cost that are very transparent. It's that simple. So keep it simple, stupid. KISS, that's the, that's the, uh, that's the acronym there. And then expert advice. You're going to need some advice, especially if we're talking, whether we're talking a $300,000 401k you inherited from from your mother, or if we're talking about a $10 million lottery winning, you're going to need some advice because both of those things come with legal, tax, and financial ramifications that unless you're an expert, you're not going to understand them. For instance, you win a, you have a large enough lottery winning. Did you know that you're going to be a, su- a subject to the estate tax in addition to income tax of both federally and state, depending on the state that you're in? And so, if you and depending on what year you claim it in, that could be drastically different. Um, and the estate tax is is you know it's really high right now, but you know I don't want to see another fifty percent of your net worth go to the government after you, after something happens to you. Um, and an IRA, if you inherit a four hundred one k or IRA from your parents the rules are relatively complicated as to how you're able to access that money without incurring tax penalties. So you're going to need a team. You're going to need a team that comprises of probably a lawyer, a state planning legal expert. You're probably going to need a team that involves a CPA or accounting firm. And you're going to need a team that, of course, of course, involves a financial advisor, preferably somebody that's a CFP or has similar credentials that works as a fiduciary. And you want this team, you want these people working with you for a variety of reasons. But one of the things that I would say you want to also reach to do is have these teams 
be separate companies. And the reason being is then there's checks and balances. If the accountant notices that the financial advisor is doing something squirrely, he'll tell you and vice versa for the financial advisor and the accountant and the attorney. So you have this team that provides checks and balances and multiple eyes on things, all working cohesively together to give you the best advice and chance of success here. So that's my advice. Whether you're whether you're in winning the lottery or inheriting money, financial windfall can come with lots of lots of blessings and lots of curses. It's just about the right planning and making sure that you're doing things the right way and keep it grounded, right? If you're happy now, that money is not going to make you that much happier. And if you're unhappy now, there's probably some sort of problem you got to fix before you're going to end up being happy that's exclusive of money. So think about that. That's this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, YouTube, Spotify, Facebook, uh, iTunes, wherever you listen. That's where we are. Cheers.